Hi everybody. Welcome back to Childhood History and Critique. I'm Pat Ryan and this time I have a conversation with Mona Gleason, professor in the Department of Educational Studies at the University of British Columbia. As many of you know, Mona is the incoming president of the Society for the History of Children and Youth. She is a prize-winning historian and the author or editor of many books and articles, including the 2013 Small Matters, Canadian Children in Sickness and Health, from McGill Queen's University Press. She is also the host for Shai's 8th Biennial Conference, being held at UBC in Vancouver, British Columbia, June 24th through the 26th, 2015. Our conversation centered on the upcoming conference. We talked about the program, the conference events, as well as things visitors might do to enjoy the area during their stay. I also asked Mona for her thoughts on the state of the society and some of the things that she'd like us to tackle over the next couple of years. I hope you enjoy this talk as much as I did. Take care, and I look forward to seeing you in Vancouver. What are your thoughts about, you know, the the papers and the response that you and the committee received and, you know, what's going to be in the content of yeah. the program? We are, um, when we put out the call for papers, you know, sometime a year ago, more than a year ago, mm-hmm. Um, we, the, the organizing committee kind of put their, their heads down and the organizing committee, um, myself, Tamara Myers and Leslie Paris, right on. and we really looked at sort of where we are as an organization in terms of what have, have been sort of our past conference themes. Mm-hmm. What's a contemporary concern amongst historians who do, you know, focus on, on young people. And what can um, the particular history in place of, of UBC and, um, you know, uh, the campus in Vancouver, what, what can we sort of offer in terms of bringing all those threads together, braiding them together into a conference theme that would make sense on all of those counts? So we came up with this notion of relationships in relation children, youth, and belonging as a theme that is both sort of elastic enough for, you know, folks who do work in our area to to see themselves reflected. Um, and But also, I think, that notion of, of um, you know, children and their uh, connections in complex communities, I think, is a is a theme that is timely for for us mm-hmm. as well. Um, you know, I think I don't know if I mentioned Pat the. It's a very important for us um, in Vancouver at UBC in Canada in BC the province to acknowledge you know the traditional ancestral unceded territory of Musqueam First Nation, mm-hmm. and that's where the conference will be taking place. UBC is, the, the entire province, in fact, is an, on unceded traditional um, and ancestral lands of, of First Nations. So that theme um, just seemed so appropriate uh, for us and for, for our members you know, around the world to reflect on notions of um, this, these foundational relationships. So I think the program 
reflects the diversity and the complexity of that notion. So people have, have really taken that up. And, you know, I'm really, I'm really excited and impressed with the sessions that, that seem to really take up young people as, um, as connected and having connections and integration with other um, sort of areas that we may not have always thought about in terms of, particularly in terms of global, Mm -hmm. global transnational phenomenon and processes that young people were um, key, key sort of players in those, in those sort of networks. So that is, that is, um, you know, one of the, the themes of transnational movement of young people. It, it definitely is. You know, I, until you spoke, I, I wasn't able to pick that out. But now that you said it, the, you know, colonialism appears a number of times. Empire, that rep- appears repeatedly. Yes, we're really excited. And, you know, I, I feel like I want to seg, segue right into talking about our, our keynote speaker mm-hmm. uh, and, and um, Dr. Dr. Karen Dubinsky, who is, um, she's actually jointly appointed in the Department of History and Department of Global Development Studies at at Queen's University here in, in, uh, in Canada. Um, that, that university is located in Kingston, Ontario. So Karen's going to come and join us. And her work, I think, on sort of global childhood issues um, is really, again, kind of at the forefront of many of the themes at the conference having to do with this notion of relationships and belonging, not only as domestic, but as global. And as, you know, do we have a title for the keynote yet? We don't. We don't have the title for the keynote. And um, I think that's fine. (laughs) Sure. In fact, I haven't asked Karen yet for for titles. So um, that's something I want to do as as sort of the months go along. But, you know, her work on children as as political citizens Mm -hmm. and what that means um, and, you know, notions of, of political controversy and, and children as national and transnational citizens butting up against um, controversies around migration. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to know how she wants to showcase her take on, on these themes. And um, Karen's a wonderful, uh, of course, she's a wonderful historian. Uh, she's also a wonderful speaker and provocative in a, in a, um, useful way so um i'm we're really excited people will know her with from babies without borders uh right and migration across the americas i think it's the subtitle that 2010 book but she she there's there's a connection between that theme that's that comes out in the paper proposals and also what she's done since then and that she has worked on some questions of transnational identity in in canada and in in uh, recent years, in terms of collections, yeah, um, it, it'll be interesting to see how the themes that you talk about come together. One of the things that's I think great about our conference as it's developed is that we're targeted enough in terms of there's this common thread we have in terms of the history of childhood, so that it's not like being at the mega conferences where it's and right. so diffuse. It's thousands of people in one space and there doesn't seem to be a lot of intellectual continuity. So right. we have that, but we have a tremendous diversity. 
uh, within the panels as well. So depending on what you're interested in, you'll probably be able to find it at the conference. And, and I can see on your schedule though, it's, it's the first night, it's Wednesday, uh, evening that, uh, Dubinsky's going to give her keynote. Uh, that's right. So we're going to have, we're going to start sessions sort of at, at noon, give folks a chance to get here. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but yeah, our our keynote will be the Wednesday evening, um, happening around four o'clock. Yep. Um, then after that, we're going to have a lovely reception and welcome everyone, and uh, you know, offer some some drinks and some noshies. So that'll be great. Then we'll get started again on Wednesday, or sorry, on Thursday morning. Yep, a full day. Eight thirty yeah. start time. Yep, and we debated that as well, and and we just thought, you know, people. To, to get the maximum amount of intellectual stimulation out of this conference, we can't start too late. So I agree with that. Yeah, people are going to be asked to get going. Um, we'll have the um, the our, our business meeting will be on Thursday uh, in conjunction with with a, a lunch, which which we provide every day um, and, and breakfast. Uh, and then we're going to have um, that evening, which is the Thursday evening, will be of course our banquet. Really excited about that. So that Sage Restaurant, which is an excellent uh, on-campus uh, restaurant um, in a beautiful setting, and then we're going to have our dance. A dance? A da- when is? The- oh, I see that now. A dance. Yes. We have, and everyone, regardless of whether or not people choose to come to the banquet, we want everyone to regroup again at Sage for our for our soiree, our dance. It, it really wouldn't be a, a, a Society for the History of Children and Youth conference. Without a dance. Well, there's a little personal history. We have been dancing together before. So uh, get your dance card ready because I can see. Look how bold you guys are. I can see on the schedule 8.45 to 1 a.m. Hey. It's the dance. Historians do it for old time's sake. (laughs) That is wonderful. That is great. Yeah. I'm not sure who's going to be turning off the lights then. It's not going to be me because I'll be, like, you know, asleep. But... But we want folks to feel like uh, that. Yeah, there's there's momentum there for for people to. You know, the thing is too, Pat. We were talking about this dance idea, and you know, is it odd or is it not? And I don't think it's odd at all because I think that that's the place where often, um, particularly graduate students, get a chance to. I mean, you know, we always talk about there's all there there are there will be networking opportunities, and I can talk a little bit more about that. But there's nothing quite like the informality of a dance to just let people chat and talk and get to know one another and um you know to see us uh with our other hats on yeah not just those those you know heavy duty working hats that that we also need to stretch our muscles and have a little fun uh and so we're we're excited about hosting the dance well and and i think the the other thing that occurs to me is one of the things that has made our bond stronger in terms of developing the field is and and it you know, I'm just thinking about the group of people that I've been with. You get to know their significant others. You get to know, oh. you know, their families, and and you get to see them in more than one dimension. Right. And you know that that creates a basis for a relationship, so that you can see the, it makes collaboration and planning and working out uh, maybe differences easier because you have uh, more of a background together. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, folks are coming along. Many are coming a long way. I mean, Canada's huge, as we know, like 
lots of different countries are huge. Canada is one of them. Mm-hmm. And folks are coming a long way, and we're, we're very mindful of that. And so we want to also give people a chance to let their hair down a little bit, uh, you know, and, and, and enjoy enjoy some, you know, on campus. Just having a little bit of fun, as I said before, I think is really important. How many, how many papers do, do we have total on the program? So that's a good question. Um, I'm, I'm approximately, I know you don't know. Yeah, there's approximately 60-some sessions um, with uh, most, not all, but, but far and away most of the sessions are um, four papers. Okay. So there's a, there's a good five, six sessions going on at a time, yep. um, and there's four, four, is it four or five slots on every day. So there's there's a lot going on. Two two forty in terms of papers maybe. Ish. And, yep. And and depending on how many uh, chairs that you have and how many are repeated as papers, probably two sixty two seventy in terms of participants. Yeah. Yes. That's that's kind of at the far end. It's probably more like two thirty. We're really excited to bring people to UBC. Our arms are wide open. You know, we're waiting for folks to come and and doing. Um, the finishing touches on menus and venues and playlists for the dance. <laughs> Come on. What are some of the other um, fun places that mm. would tip people off to to see while they're in British Columbia? Yeah, oh, my, my gosh. Well, you know, if folks can – I know this is, this is a great – this is a privileged thing, but if folks can parlay – their their time in Vancouver into a little bit of a you know extra time even in the city uh-huh. it's just it's just an amazing amazing place um, even on campus we'll have we'll have uh, information about this for for conference goers but um, it's the campus is about 20 minutes from downtown Vancouver uh-huh. um, e- easily accessible by by public transit we have Stanley Park down there which is one of the largest if not the largest urban park. I mean, I think it's, I think it might be bigger than Central Park, although I don't want to say that out loud. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just did. But anyway, um, you know, things like uh, kayaking uh, off the beach at Jericho, um, things like going to the Museum of, of Anthropology, which is on campus, mm-hmm. which is one of the premier anthropological museums in Canada, if not the world. Um, it just just the, the sheer beauty of hiking and walking. The campus is close to the to a couple of beaches, including Rec Beach, which is a clothing optional beach. Um, yeah, and so lots of our our international guests really kind of dig that. Um, how 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 warm is the water? How swimmable is the water there? Um, <laughs> well. I'm thinking in terms of San Francisco. You got to be brave to swim around San Francisco sometimes. Yeah, you got to be kind of brave, and in, in, you got to be a little bit brave in Vancouver. But we're a brave bunch. <laughs> that's right. It's a brave bunch that, that's coming to Vancouver. Come on. Well, what you can also do is just walking on the beach without your shoes and your feet in the water is sometimes just a lot of fun too. It's just beautiful. You can walk right around. I mean, you can go from. The beach at the bottom of the hill at UBC uh, on the on the beach side, you can pick up trails and walk right downtown if you want to. Um, those opportunities. About running? Are there good running trails? Oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> well, the campus itself is beautiful and has lots of um, sort of wooded 
areas uh, that you can that you can run in. We're also right beside um, Pacific Spirit Park, uh-huh. which is a beautiful um, sort of typical West Coast rainforest park that's part of the campus. Yeah. Again, there are many many trails and um, lots of opportunities to see uh, amazing. Uh, you might you might see the um, the resident bald eagles. Mm-hmm that come to campus every year. There's three of them and they, they have a beautiful nest there. And uh, yeah, there's, there's just, there's there a place you can rent bicycles to ride around and see the scenery. There, there are places definitely downtown. The, the, um, the uh, alma mater society at UBC used to have bike rentals. That's something I, I, I'm not, I can certainly look into that for our guests coming. Um, the, the, uh, the AMS, Site, the sub sites, um, which is a, a building where many of our, our where our sessions will be held in the it's called the old sub. We're in the middle on campus of opportunities that tourists would like. So things like the biodiversity museum, things like the Natobi Japanese gardens. It's all on campus. It's all there for people. Never mind all the stuff that that is available in the city, like Granville Island and Granville Market, Stanley Park. Beautiful, you know, some of the best restaurants in the world, I have to say, are are in Vancouver. So, you know, really, I really um, encourage people to max that out if they are interested in going to some of those really nice restaurants. Make reservations in advance. If some of the restaurants in Vancouver don't accept reservations, so you kind of have to play it play it loose and, and cool there. But there's just beautiful uh, opportunities um, of folks who like the urban stuff, but also like, you know, doing more of the outdoorsy, uh, walking on the beach, going for a hike in Pacific Spirit Park. There's all of those opportunities are there. You've been listening to part one of a conversation with Mona Gleason on childhood, history, and critique. Part two is available at the website of the Society for the History of Children and Youth.